You are Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to a Friday morning episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Sports Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade, and we are continuing our Iowa football schedule Power 5 breakdown as we get to the very last two games on the schedule for the Iowa football team. We have Illinois and Nebraska. We will be breaking that down here in just a moment. Before we get to that, though, if you want more Big Ten content, there is simply no better place to get all the news on the Big Ten Conference than with Nate Dickinson and the Locked On Big Ten Podcast. Follow the Locked On Big Ten Podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast at. And if you have been tuning in this week, you already know this, but I'm going to repeat this. I'm currently on vacation, so if you are looking for breaking news, if you're looking for, or analysis of breaking news, I should say, or recruitment talk, or anything that's happened this week, it is not something I'm covering yet, because I have pre-recorded all these episodes to give you this preview for the week, the 10 Power 5 games that Iowa is playing. I broke them all down, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We kicked it off with Indiana and Iowa State. I predicted two wins there. The next week, or the next day, I should say, on Tuesday... We talked about Maryland and Penn State. I predicted two more wins. Then we got to Purdue and Wisconsin. I predicted two losses. We got to Northwestern and to Minnesota. I predict two wins. And we're going to get into Illinois and Nebraska. I am going to predict two wins here. But we're going to talk about why I predict those two wins on the show. And again, I will be covering anything that happened this week. Next week when I get back after Alaska. Because I am in Alaska right now as you're listening to this. So that all being said. Let's hop into the show right now, kicking it off with Illinois. Illinois is in a very unique, not unique actually, a pr- pretty common position for them. They are at the bottom of the Big Ten. They hired Brett Belima, and he has been putting together a nice recruiting class, has gotten several wins over the Iowa Hawkeyes, but it is not going to be enough in season one. But what I think is going to be great to see is Illinois is going to get back to Big Ten football. Brett Belima understands how Big Ten football works, you know? Iowa, Iowa, type of, Iowa type of guy, right? Was at the University of Iowa, coached at Wisconsin as a head coach, and now going to Illinois where he is from. This is going to be Big Ten football at its prime, but I don't expect a lot from Illinois in this first season. A lot of new schemes, a lot of new systems, but they do return quite a few talented players. So let's get into that. Offensively, Alex Pozeski an all-Big Ten-type offensive lineman. Honestly, their whole line is pretty solid. On last episode, I talked about Minnesota and the fact that I think their line could be one of the best in the Big Ten. Illinois is right up there with them as well. Illinois does have a very good offensive line with Doug Kramer, Verdarian Lowe, um, several other guys. This 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 offensive line is pretty dang solid for the Illinois fighting Illini. Under center is Brandon Peters, a six-year quarterback. He's no longer sharing time. Isaiah Williams, I believe is his name, has moved to wide receiver. And to me, honestly, Brandon Peters struggled this past year. He only completed 48.8% of his passes for 429 yards and three touchdowns. But when we went into this past season, when the lines opened for Wisconsin and Illinois, I jumped on Illinois. I really was impressed with what I saw from Illinois in the 2019 season. And I felt like Brandon Peters was a very big part of that. I felt like Brandon Peters was going to elevate this team and be the quarterback they've been needing. And what he was able to do with his arm and his feet really impressed me. Even in a couple couple quarters against Iowa, he really impressed me. He started off so strong as he got Illinois up to a 14-0 lead last year. 
ultimately finished with 116 yards and two touchdowns before Isaiah Williams went in, before Iowa kind of figured out what to do about Brandon Peters. But this is a pretty solid quarterback. Now, he doesn't have a lot around him from a wide receiver perspective or a tight end perspective, but that running game should be pretty darn good behind that phenomenal offensive line. And Chase Brown, who had 540 yards rushing last year, against Iowa. Now, granted, the, the running system and the scheme is a little bit different. It's going to be different under Brett Belima, but with a lot of sweeps, a lot of outside runs, Chase Brown had 83 yards and a 4.6-yard per carry average. That could change, especially behind this offensive line. It could change behind a different running scheme, but Chase Brown did a lot of damage against Iowa last year. So the running game should be pretty solid, um, even with you know a new coach, new a new scheme and all that stuff. And this, this offense in general returns 80% of their production. So they do have the components to be really successful, or at least mildly successful and dangerous to teams like Iowa who are taking on Illinois. Defensively, they have some good things going for them as well. Owen Carney is an all-Big Ten type of defensive lineman. He's another four-year player. Last year had 27 tackles, six tackles for loss, and five sacks. Jake Hansen is back for what seems like his 30th year. He's the Jordan Bohannon of Illinois football players. Last year, 68 tackles, 10 tackles for loss, two and a half sacks, two interceptions. I honestly feel like I've been covering Jake Hansen for my entire life of covering the Iowa Hawkeyes. He's literally been here forever. He's been an instrumental piece of this Illinois Fighting Illini defense. And he's a guy who is literally all over the field. And then in the secondary, you got Devin Witherspoon, who had some really good games against some top wide receiver talent in the Big Ten. I expect a big jump from him as well. Last year, 31 tackles, one tackle for loss two interceptions, and three fumbles. So that's a guy to watch out for as well. So offensively and defensively, this is not like Northwestern. right? We talked about Northwestern and Minnesota. Didn't feel like they had a lot on the defensive side of the ball. Lost a lot of guys. They weren't returning a lot of production. Minnesota returning a lot of production offensively, but not defensively. Illinois actually has a lot of guys coming back. And I really feel like last year was not not a true indicator of how good that team could have been. Now, I don't think they're a, a winning the Big Ten type of team, but I do believe they have talent. And I think Brett Belima is a fantastic coach to bring it out of them. He's going to bring back power football to the Big Ten with Illinois. When I say powerful, I mean power football for Illinois back to the Big Ten. He's a better recruiter. He's fiery. He is a great addition to this team, and it actually scares me to see where Illinois might be in a couple of years, especially if they are able to hone in on recruiting in-state kids. Iowa has made a living off of getting some of those Illinois kids. And if Illinois can begin grabbing those guys, that could be instrumental for the development of the Illinois football program. So that is some interesting stuff to watch out for. Coming up on segment two, we're going to get into some of the key matchups, storylines, and ultimately our prediction, which I already gave away a little bit, but I'll talk a little bit more about that. That is all coming up on segment number two, but we have a few messages from our sponsors right now. You've heard me talk about it before, but Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market today. It is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. They have flavors for literally everyone. Sweet, salty, fruity, you name it, they've got it. And all these bars are covered in 100% chocolate. But the best part about these bars are not just how delicious they are, it is how healthy they are for you as well. Between 17 and 18 grams of protein, between 130 and 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs, it is the 
Built Bar, or the protein bar that is used by the track and field team, and is also the protein bar sponsoring BYU walk-ons and paying for their entire scholarship. So why wouldn't you want to try a fantastic tasting protein bar from a company like that? Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, y'all, we are back for segment two of the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. And before we took a break, we talked a lot about the three top three offensive and top three defensive players on the Illinois Fighting Illini. But we have not talked about the key matchups and the storylines for this game. For me, a couple storylines for Illinois is how does Illinois handle that transition to that 3-4 scheme and having players who are very versatile, moving players literally all around the defense. Those type of schemes can be very difficult to learn when you have players playing several different positions. However... Once they learn those, they can be incredibly effective. So can they do that transition quickly? And how will that impact Iowa playing them? Not having a lot of game film on that. That could be interesting. What is the leash on Brandon Peters? Illinois got Rutgers quarterback Arthur Sikowski. Arthur Sikowski on the roster. He's a transfer quarterback. Arthur has had, Arthur has had some terrible games for Rutgers. But he is a guy with Big Ten experience. And to be fair, that was Rutgers a couple of years ago. So... What is the plan there? What is the leash on Brandon Peters? We saw Brandon Peters get yanked a couple times last year. I think he is going to be a better quarterback, but if he is not, how quickly will they pull the leash on him? How quickly will they blow up the quarterback room? That will be interesting to me. And then how quickly do we see progress from Brett Belima? You know, Lovey Smith is supposed to come in and really change the, the direction and the trajectory of this program and never did. Can Brett Belima succeed where Lovey Smith couldn't? That will be interesting to me to see as well. And how quickly will we see that? Will we see that in year one? I highly doubt it. But knowing the type of game that Brett Belima wants to play, it's a power run game, right? It's playing solid defense, limiting errors and mistakes. When you play that type of game, you have a good chance of being in a lot more games than if you are spreading it out and you make a lot of errors. Think about Wisconsin, Northwestern, and Iowa. Those three teams don't get blown out a lot. They play close games all the time. And Brett Belima is bringing that to Illinois. So how quickly can they do that? Brett Belima has had some success against Iowa at Wisconsin. Went 3-2 and two versus Iowa at Wisconsin. I don't expect him to make that 4-2 and two versus Iowa with this year. But that will be, be something I'm watching as well. As far as key matchups, uh, I think the big thing is containing Brandon Peters. He has a solid arm. But what really hurts you is his deceptive athleticism and his ability to get out of the pocket and break down defenses. He has the ability to get several yards at a time, chunk of yards at a time, and that really hurts Iowa's defense. We've talked about it with mobile quarterbacks. I am not impressed with Iowa handling mobile quarterbacks. They have a phenomenal defense, and ultimately it doesn't burn them a ton, but it just feels like this eats you alive, right? Four or five yards at a time. You have perfect coverage, great pass rush, and then a quarterback gets four or five yards, and it feels like when there's a mobile quarterback, that is escalated for against the Iowa Hawkeyes. The other thing is, this is, this is a different one, but Iowa versus the clock. Can Iowa get out to an early lead and hold it? Last year, they got down 14 to nothing early in the previous year. They tied or they were tied 7-7 after the first quarter and went on to win 19-10. In the last two games for Iowa, ever since that 63 to nothing win, Iowa has not done a very good job of getting out strong and hot against Illinois. It almost feels like they are overlooking Illinois when they are playing Illinois. And they cannot afford to do that, especially when Illinois is coached by, by Brett Belima. You just can't have that kind of 
uh, mistakes or that kind of lack of awareness in that game, you will lose that game, especially to a Brett Belima coach, Illinois fighting Illini squad. That being said, I believe Iowa will win this game pretty easily. I think it will be 30 to, to 13. I think Iowa's offense will be able to take advantage of this defense. Iowa's defense will be able to handle a good running game. Brandon Peters will beat them a couple times with his legs. But I think ultimately that Bemba don't break will come through and Iowa wins 30-13 to 13, in my opinion. That puts Iowa at this point coming into the Nebraska game at 9-2. and two. They beat Nebraska at 10-2. and two. That's a pretty darn good season. Now, there's a lot of toss-up games here, right? I could see them losing to Nebraska, which we'll talk about here in a bit. I could see them losing to Penn State. I can see them losing to Purdue, Wisconsin, Northwestern, Iowa State, Indiana. If they lose all those games, they're looking at 6-6. Six and six. Now, I, I doubt that happens. I can't imagine that happens. But I'm just trying to call out the fact that there is a thin margin between a great season and a bad season. Or a great season and a good season. And they have some tough opponents on their schedule. They have a tough schedule. Getting two top 25 ranked teams. The first two games, opening up with a Big Ten game, opening up non-conference play with Iowa State in that second game, a very good Iowa State team. Having to go to Camp Randall to play Wisconsin, that is never something you want to see on an Iowa football schedule is going to Camp Randall to play Wisconsin. Never good, especially at that point, the Big Ten title, the Big Ten West title could be on the line. Both these teams could be heading into that game undefeated, and that would be a very... um, very fun atmosphere, but a very tough game, especially considering how equal these teams actually are on paper. Anyways, coming up on segment three, we're going to get into Nebraska and wrap up the show with that and wrap up our 10 Power 5 game preview of the Iowa football schedule. So that's coming up on segment three. We do have a few quick messages from our sponsors, though, so stay tuned for that right now. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and the NFL and college football seasons are right around the corner. Unless you want to bet on preseason games, you can do that right now. But you can get all the latest news, odds, and info for all of your sporting needs at betonline.ag. So before the next pitch or the next snap, head over to betonline.ag on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information today. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the games as teams prep for the runs to the playoffs or their path to the Lombardi Trophy. Again, head over to that website, get that free account, and use the promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's right, a 50% welcome bonus when you use the promo code LOCKEDON, betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right, we are back for segment three of the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes and the Locked on Sports Network. We are getting into Nebraska, though. We have previewed Nine of the ten Power 5 teams Iowa is playing, we are on to our favorite team, Nebraska. Nebraska is in a do-or-die year, in my opinion, in the Scott Frost era. They have to do well this year. And I I believe they have some of the pieces, despite the massive transfers coming out. But I don't trust Scott Frost as a coach. Everything I've seen from Scott Frost, this is not a talent issue. This is not a player issue. This is a Scott Frost issue. This team makes mistakes, they lose focus, they aren't developing, and then Scott Frost throws them under the bus. There's a reason why so many players left this program. There's a reason why there was a mass exodus, including losing J.D. Spielman and Wandell Robinson, losing all of their top wide receivers. 
there is not a lot going on in the cupboard here. Now, granted, they have some pretty solid offensive linemen that are still developing. They have some good pieces, but can they put together? And now, if you listen to any Nebraska fan or most Nebraska fans, they act like Nebraska is about to win the Big Ten title. But when you look at what's actually on paper, they have a wide receiver core that is incredibly unproven. Oliver Martin might be the most experienced wide receiver on this roster, and he has played for three Big Ten teams in the last three years and has totaled 21 catches, 216 yards, and two touchdowns. Do you really want that as your most experienced wide receiver? Now, I don't want to sit here and hate on Oliver Martin. I don't know the full circumstances of what he has had to go through, but clearly he has not been able to cut it at Michigan. He was not able to cut it at Iowa. And he has now ended up in Nebraska where he's in a situation where there is not a lot of wide receiver talent on this roster. They do have some tight end talent. Austin Allen, a guy who was named to a senior bowl watch list, which is a big deal. And I'll talk, I've will talk. i talked about that previously already on last Friday's show. Austin Allen is six foot eight, a big tight end who has a nice catch radius. And last year against Iowa, he was a big reason Nebraska was able to stay in that game because he made a beautiful catch on the sideline last year that people that are not 6'8 or not Austin Allen do not make. But if we're being honest about this Nebraska squad, they live and die with Adrian Martinez. Now, Nebraska fans have had another Martinez that they did not like very much by the end of the time, Taylor Martinez. And when I look at these stats, I don't see a difference. Both these guys played early. Both these guys have had incredible moments. And both these guys ultimately were not liked by a lot of Nebraska fan base by the end of this their, their tenure here. And I think Adrian Martinez is on that trajectory, the same trajectory as Taylor Martinez. Let's look at their stats, for example. Adrian Martinez in his freshman year, and I'll, come, I'll do Adrian and then Taylor first. 2,617 yards, 17 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. Taylor, 1,631 yards, 10 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. All right, you're winning that one. Sophomore season, Adrian, 1,956 yards, 10 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. Taylor, 2,089, 13 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. All right, let's move on to the junior year. Now, granted, Adrian had an interesting junior year. But in seven games, 1,055 yards, four touchdowns, three interceptions. Taylor Martinez in 14 games, 2,871 yards, 23 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. If you were to double Adrian's to make what Taylor had in terms of games played, he would still miss out on yards thrown by about 700. He would miss out on touchdowns thrown by 15. And he would be six interceptions less. I think you're taking those touchdowns, though, if you get those interceptions. The ratio just, Adrian's is not good. So what can Adrian do in a senior season? Taylor did not get much of a senior season. He struggled. Can Adrian do better? That'll be something I'm watching as well. On the defensive side of the ball, Nebraska actually returned some pretty solid guys. Cam Taylor Britt is an all-Big Ten type of corner. 28 tackles, 3 tackles for loss, 2 interceptions, and 4 passes defended. He also combines with Markel Desmuke, a guy who I strongly dislike in the secondary but is getting some hype for the NFL. The linebacker position, we have two linebackers, Jojo Domin, or Domain, an all-Big Ten type linebacker as well. 58 tackles last year, 6.5 tackles for loss, 5 passes defended, and 2 forced fumbles. And then Luke Reamer, an inside linebacker, has 40 tackles, 5 tackles for loss, 2 sacks, and is a walk-on multi-year starter. That's the kind of guy you want on this Nebraska squad if you want to build a program. 
So defensively, Nebraska keep it pretty solid. And when they played Iowa, they played Iowa incredibly strong. So that, that does scare me a little bit. But ultimately, I go back to the offense, and I'm just not impressed by, by Nebraska's offense. Unless they can figure out um, some lightning in a bottle with some wide receivers, I am not seeing it with Nebraska. Now, when you look at storylines, I think the big one is where will Nebraska actually be at towards the end of the season? Will they be playing for something or not? I think a four or five win Nebraska team is actually more dangerous than a six win Nebraska team. And here's why a six win Nebraska team is making a bad bowl. And yes, they want to beat Iowa, but they're making a bad bowl. They've made the bowl. They're eligible for a bowl, but they're not six and seven wins. Isn't going to make much of a difference between what bowl you get. If you're a five win Nebraska team beating Iowa, gets you into a bowl. If you're a four win Nebraska team, you have literally nothing to lose except for beating Iowa. And I think you almost have more motivation then than a six-win Nebraska team will be. So that'll be something I'm watching as well. Will this game come down to a late-game kick? The last couple games have been incredibly close. Iowa has gotten off strong, and then Nebraska has come back. Iowa needs to put Nebraska away quickly. Nebraska cannot out-talent Iowa right now, and Iowa cannot afford to let Nebraska stick in the game. Also, I mentioned Markel Dismuke. How many times will he get up and celebrate over literally nothing? This guy is a gigantic dick. I do not like him. I think he is hes just incredibly annoying to watch in the football field. And he's kind of dirty. So that'll be interesting to see how Iowa handles him. And then finally, will Oliver Martin play well against Iowa? That will be a very interesting matchup as Oliver Martin takes on the Iowa Hawkeyes after playing for Iowa in a very um, public debacle of getting him even to Iowa. As far as key matchups go, trench play is going to be a very big one here. Nebraska has gotten better, and they've made it tough on Iowa recently. They have dominated Iowa at the line of scrimmage in the last couple of games at times. Can they continue that up, or can Iowa finally get the better of Nebraska in that regard? That's the reason why Nebraska is stuck in some of these games. And then special teams. Nebraska has made some very big mistakes the last couple of years against Iowa in special teams play. They have a new special teams coordinator. Will he succeed over LeVar Woods? I don't think so. But it is something that I am watching. And ultimately, I, I think this is a scary game. But I do believe Iowa does win the game again. I do believe Nebraska will go, will win six games or seven games. But I do not believe that it's coming with a win over the Iowa Hawkeyes. So that is my prediction. I predict Iowa at 10-2. and two. Let me know what your thoughts are on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Um, I appreciate you all listening into this 10 Power 5 game preview of the Iowa Hawkeyes football schedule. As I am in Alaska and doing all this pre-recorded. I hope you appreciate the content, and if you want more Locked On content, you have to check out the Locked On Big Ten, or sorry, Locked On Bets podcast, not the Locked On Big Ten. I'm so used to talking about the Locked On Big Ten podcast, but you have to check out the Locked On Bets podcast. Betting on your team does not have to be a guessing game anymore. With your boy Q and Lee Sterling, a handicapping expert, giving you the breakdown of each and everything that you need to be betting on each and every week. Again, that's the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag or wherever you get your podcast at. And that will do it for our show today. I appreciate you all tuning in. Have a fantastic Friday and even better weekend. And we'll be back on Monday breaking down everything that happened this past week. So again, thank you, Hawkeye Nation. I appreciate it. Have a fantastic weekend and let's go Hawks.